0: Thank you. Welcome back to my podcast. This is Everything Under the Sun with your host, Savvy Speaks. So I'm your host, Savvy Speaks. Today, as you can see, I have a wonderful guest here, and we're going to get into some juicy, juicy, juicy topics. But first, we have to go ahead and start with our intro. So as I already mentioned, I'm Savvy Speaks. I'm your host. This is Everything Under the Sun, and that's under without an E. So if you're new to this podcast, we on this podcast, we talk about literally everything under the sun but we take it from a spiritual perspective and so if you tune into our last podcast um i talked about ministry moments and so it was our very first video um podcast on youtube so go ahead and check it out because it's really cool um but i'm gonna go ahead and get into our weather check Now, as you know, I live in Atlanta. Everybody wants to say that it's not Lawrenceville, it's not Atlanta, but it is Atlanta. So, um, the high is 81, the low is 60, and it is 77 degrees, but it is hot over here under the sun. And so, hot stands for honest, open, and transparent, and conversation usually gets that deep. So, um... Today we have a juicy, juicy topic, but I'm going to go ahead and allow my friend to introduce himself. Hi,
1: everybody. My name is uh, Charles Miller, and I'm excited to be talking everything under the sun without a E.
0: <laughs> Can you uh, give us a little bit of background about yourself?
1: Uh, 22 years old, Ghanaian. Uh, that's really, I mean, that's what you need to know.
0: See, <laughs> so, OK, do you, do you mind mentioning like your major?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm studying uh, Radiating s- Technician so radiation technician
0: okay because when i first met this dude, when i first met you i was like hey radiation technician
1: no it's not complicated you just like when you when you go let's say for a cancer patient or anybody that needs to be scanned in a machine that's all i do i put them in the machine then i just kind of read the results of the machine and tell the doctor so
0: wow i'm like your parents must be real proud of you because it's giving (laughs) dr lawyer and engineer (laughs) all together (laughs) Awesome. So today we're going to be talking a little bit about African culture, a whole bunch Mm -hmm. of like different topics and stuff like that. So I want to throw it at you, Mm -hmm. you know, with the first question. Yep.
1: So my first question is how important is your culture or your African culture to you?
0: I feel like my culture definitely defines me in the sense of every time someone sees me like they're like, oh, who are you? I always I put out there that I'm Ghanaian. Mm -hmm. I put out there that I'm African. And I think that I allow that to shape um people's understanding of me because um for first and foremost like if you if you're african you mean other african you kind of like share that basic ground of like oh okay yeah. we're kind of raised the same way of kind of have the same thought process yeah. but i don't allow it to overtake my identity as a christian i always put that first before i allow it to define me as like a Ghanaian.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah that's that's a good one. so grow growing up did you you came to america right oh wait wait, wait what about you what
0: about me how is <laughs> yeah. important
1: I mean, to me, honestly, culture is very important. Like, culture might as well be 50% of me. Because your culture defines, you know, who raises you, how you grow up, how you look at things, how you look at other people. Okay.
0: So, when you go around, like, when you're introducing yourself, are you like, my name is Charles, I'm from Ghana, or...
1: Nah, I mean, you can tell. You look at me, I'm African. But I don't need to introduce... I mean, maybe, you know, introduce myself to other Africans, you know, that I'm from Ghana and stuff like that. But, like, I mean... Like you said, like your culture's not everything. You know, you still got your spirit tracks, but you're still a Christian over anything else mm-hmm. and you're still yourself. So I mean, I'm still myself. I might not be the typical Ghanaian, but I always identify with Ganyan.
0: What is the typical Ghanaian?
1: Uh, man, we know the typical guy. <laughs> Do we? <laughs> I don't wanna blast anybody out, but we know we know typical Ghanian. Like you see like there's people that look fresh off the boat. You, oh, you know okay, the okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. So I mean like sure like I I might not have the of accents, or I might not speak Chi, but I do speak my own language. Mm-hmm. And you know, I might not do necessarily all the Ghanaian things, but you know, I'm still Ghanaian.
0: See, when you speak generally like that, I gotta pick at you. So when you say you don't do the Ghanaian things, like what are Ghanaian things?
1: Like, I think a lot of Ghanaians were like, we're, I don't wanna say loud people. But we're, you know, we're enthusiastic people. We're outside okay. people. You okay. know, a lot of Ghanaians are extroverts. You, you don't rarely okay. meet a lot of introverts as Ghanaians. We're very happy, praiseful people. We're very religious people. And at the same time, some of us are short-term put people, people that like to gossip. You know, Ghanaians are just a very communicative and, you know, talkative, you know. And it's not a bad thing, mm-hmm. but it's just our qualities and our traits. Okay. Know?
0: That's valid. I think you really summed up like Ghanaian
1: people really, really well.
0: And so even though we're both Ghanaian, um, I was born in Italy. My dad is Ashanti Ashantian and my mm-hmm. mom is Fanti, so I call myself Asha Fanti. Yeah. But how would you define like where you are in from Ghana?
1: To me, I'm an Nzima. My both my parents are enzima, so I always enzima. And like one thing that uh I really love is that Enzima people we're not the largest group in ghana so it kind of gives you like a specialty or like you know i'm one of a few So okay one
0: yeah. of the small small okay okay, yeah. okay
1: i think one of the things like when i think of enzema i think of the
0: food Yeah. because like here in georgia i mean y'all enzema is like there's like a whole group of y'all yeah. that like if one is there almost all of y'all are there yeah. they have the um is it like i think you guys make your food differently yeah what do you make it out of?
1: Uh, we make it with, uh, what is it, plantain, yams, and uh, I think cassava, but uh, mm-hmm. you might you might have to correct me on that one. I'm not sure. Yeah. So that means you cook? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Oh. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Okay. That's, yeah. Good. That's good. That's
1: cool. Wow.
0: Okay. So have you ever felt like you were different, even
1: amongst a group of
0: Ghanians?
1: Oh, of course. I mean, like, I don't speak Chi. So that kind of already, you know, disclaims you in a l- large portion. In a large portion. And, I mean, there's reasons why I don't speak to you. I mean, some of it is just I kind of, I grew up in Zima, so I speak in Zima. Right. And I moved here kind of young, so the languages I knew were languages in my household and in school, which is English. Right. Then part of it, too, is like being in Zima, you are, you're the minority in Ghana you know in terms of you know the other cultures or in the other languages so i always like found it interesting like an enzima would move and he would start speaking chi then lose his enzima mm. and like from a young age i always saw that and realized that so a part of me just never wanted to even speak chi to lose my enzima Nothing against
0: y'all. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, that's that's really cool. That makes sense. Mm-hmm.
0: I didn't know that y'all were like a small part because I mean here in Georgia y'all are large. So yeah. mm-hmm. I think it's interesting. Whenever you see your people you just kind of like Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, that's cool, that's mm-hmm. cool, that's cool.
1: But I mean then that's that's what makes us feel large because in Zimazo, we are always together. We're always tight in your community. Everybody knows each other. I always say you can't you can't be a serial killer like, as an <laughs> enzima. Like people are gonna know as soon as ah, I'm as telling soon. you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a bit about the Ghanaian culture. It's c- because even like in America, because we're so close knit, like everybody knows almost everybody's business. Whether it's gossip, whether you yeah. told somebody, it's it's a very tight community. So like mm-hmm. my church, we're mainly like ninety nine point eight percent Yeah. and that's just that's just how we do it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean that's one of the things you love about Ghanaian culture. Is that no matter what state you go to, you're gonna find a Ghanaian community, and Come you're gonna on. be a part of them, and you're gonna belong.
0: Yeah. No, I think one thing I really do love about like African culture is our pride. Mm-hmm. Like, if anything, it used to be different back in the days because you know it's just like whenever you're in America and people find out you're African, you get the African booty yeah. scratcher, oh, you get right? <laughs> you get the awa awa and all the sounds. Yes. Um, but I think for me, African culture like you won't know me for more than a day without knowing that I'm African because, like, I have, like, this African accent that always comes out. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And it's just natural. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Yeah, and I mean, like, come on. Uh, what is not to love about the continent of Africa? It's the starting point of everything. Mm-hmm. Everything starts in Africa. Whether you like it or not, it's scientific. It's a fact. Mm. Everything started there. And God started the world, to me, in Africa. And you want to think about the people in the Bible? they're African. Middle Eastern people, they're African. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, I mean, to me, Africa is the source of so many good things, so many good people.
0: Mm, So let me throw this in there, because I hear this a lot, that Christianity is a white man's religion and that they didn't know, Mm -hmm. um, Africans didn't know Christianity until the Europeans brought it. So, like, what is your standpoint on that?
1: I mean, I don't want to get into all the stuff, but there was Christianity before white people came to Africa. And, I mean, even if you Want to say that like Christianity started with Christ, and where was Christ in Jerusalem? And where is that closer located to uh, Europe or Africa? So, I mean, mm. and even Christ himself, there's stories in the Bible, even the story of Moses, there's a story about uh, an African coming to the Pharaoh to come and give him a gift. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Africans have been incorporated in the Bible. Now, you can talk about how white men have made a white Bible and you can argue that but if you just want to talk about the bible is white that's just completely incorrect
0: Mm. you know what you talk about i yeah i know i know you're into like history and stuff like Mm -hmm. that so i think what you're saying is pretty valid because i i went to like a seminar where somebody was talking about how christianity is not a white man's religion Mm -hmm. and how we talk we have like stories about the ethiopian eunuch and if all these things were centralized around africa at the time like it's I think the stories that are in Africa are more trustworthy than those that are outside of that. So Of
1: course. I mean, it's it's a fact that when they were making slavery in America, they used the Bible to enslave their slaves mentally. You know, teaching them things like serve your master and being a good slave will lead you to heaven. Mm-hmm. And, you know, don't want riches in your life. You know, all those things are of the sinful man. Mm. Things like that. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah diving into like a whole topic because I used to like, like facebook arguments with people when they're just like i'm not going to be a christian because christianity supports slavery and i would have to like let them know like christianity is not necessarily saying go and be a slave but christianity is a it's a spirituality that that allows for different stages of life so whether you're a father you're a mother you're a daughter you're a slave you're a slave owner you can be a christian and the bible is going to show you how to live your life because. It's targeted towards humans. it's not targeted only towards slave masters. And so I think sometimes even when we think of slaves, we often think about Africans and then African Americans and then white people, mm. but not forgetting that slavery is not just within American culture. It's not just within European culture but slave African slaves had African slaves. and so if you have a prisoner in a culture and a, or a prisoner in a country and they they naturally become a slave. and so I think sometimes we get too caught up with who is a slave and this American idea of who a slave is rather than knowing that slavery is culture.
1: Yeah, and I mean, slavery is always going to be there. Slavery is a part of the world. I mean, unfortunately, it just is. You're, unfortunately, you're going to need it. This, what we're recording right now Mm is made of cobalt and cobalt is digged up in the Congo Mm -hmm. by slaves. Mm -hmm. And you want us to put the phones down, but it's just a hard truth. I mean, Jeez. many people don't talk about it, but there's people right now in the Congo, little kids digging up for cobalt so you can have a longer battery life, so you can have a new iPhone. Jeez. And nobody, and I mean, even if you wanted to give up the sacrifice of an iPhone, you're not changing anything. Slavery's bound to happen. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a part of the world. It's a part of the Bible.
0: Mm. let talk about the cobalt in Congo? Because I just did research on that about how like we even use cobalt for Teslas. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, people like we have this marketing strategy in america where they tell everybody everything and then they believe it they'll tell you that teslas are sustainable all this and all this But then you go back to africa where they're actually like tearing down forests and breaking up their land for that yeah. it's like okay so you don't see the damage in america because it's happening in africa
1: oh yeah i mean like uh there's a great book called cobalt red uh by this journalist uh i'm sorry i'm forgetting his name but uh the book is just honestly fascinating the amount of things you're doing over there, mm-hmm. you would be shocked. Wow. They, they're basically enslaving their own country to profit off of this cobalt mines. Mm-hmm. Basically, at some point down maybe 10, 20 years from now, the Congo just become a mining district. Jeez. And the people have no choice because that's the only job available.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's what's building their economy exactly. as well. And so it, within my research, I, I looked at the Congo, I, I looked into Ghana, into Nigeria, and I think the main one of the main problems was like asian countries like china oh china's such a powerhouse Oh yeah china is investing billions of dollars into africa and the thing is africa has been the underdog for so long so you know africans we have this mentality of pride over like oh yeah put me in the game even if you don't have the resources and the funds you will convince somebody that you're good for it and that they're going to pay later so that's what a lot of these african countries are doing they're receiving billions of dollars from china so that China could build infrastructure in Africa, which ultimately helps Africa, but then Africa is going into these debt traps where they're like having to pay billions of dollars, and a hundred years down the line, they're still not going to be able to like finish paying it. So we're indebted to China, and now China has like state-owned properties in mm-hmm. Africa. So you could go to somewhere in Africa, but like this area is Chinese property. Yeah,
1: and that's one thing too. Like you talk about that. That's like one thing I really. I'm not going to use the word hate because that's a strong word. But I dislike about my culture is that sometimes I feel like as Africans, we have short term mentality. Mm. Like instead of, let's say, maybe trying to invest in our own digging supplies, and our own infrastructure and setting up our own mines. We are letting China come in Mm. and buying up these contracts and low key buying up the country Mm -hmm. instead of you trying to have the patience to maybe you're not going to see those one hundred thousand come in your pocket, but your Mm. grandson will see. Five hundred thousand come into right. his
0: so then how do you feel about globalization? Because I feel like in order for a country to prosper, you do have to have partners and like trade with other people, even if it's outside of Africa.
1: But there's a way to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean if you if you look at America, what is America's natural resource?
0: Hey. Nothing. <laughs> okay,
1: I mean, okay. Yeah, I mean uh, America doesn't have a lot of natural resources. Mm,
0: American runs on Duncan. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, like... <laughs> But I mean, they don't have a lot of natural resources. The most resourceful continents are Africa, arguably Asia, the Middle East with your oil. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, Africa is the most mineral resource uh, continent in the world. But do we benefit from any of our resources? No. Mm -hmm. So you have to see how you're doing the global negotiation and partnership. America is friends with everybody. But what do they give up? They don't give up nothing.
0: No, that's, that's actually facts. I think even when it comes into, like, the whole thing about, like, investing into Africa, Europe and Africa, I mean, Europe and America are one of, like, the lowest investors. They don't invest as much because, you know, they contributed to slavery in the past. And so they're just kind of like.
1: They don't invest because they take. (laughs) "Eh,
0: eh, Give me some, give me some, give me some. No, seriously. And I low-key feel like it's all these other nations taking their share of Africa because within the, like, the, what do you call it? was it the Berlin conference that happened whenever they split up Africa, mm-hmm. it was Europe and America that were like the main people to the point where some countries still speak French because the France colonized and yes. you know certain things like that and so I feel like African America they had their share and so now it's China coming in to also do their part but I I, I I don't know, I look at both sides of the spectrum because I know China is doing work, like they're actually building Africa from the ground up mm-hmm. and you mentioned that Africa could do this themselves but I have like a few standpoints with that because I've read that um, Africa doesn't have the infrastructure and so they have Mm -hmm. to go out. But like places like China are like, well, we're not going to show you how to do it, but you have to buy it from us in that sense. And they don't know how to operate it. So now they're bringing Chinese workers back to Africa to build it.
1: Exactly. They're not going to show you because they want you to bring back and buy the Chinese to come and build it and to come and get the contracts. I mean, look, you have to think of yourself long term. There's so many things that have stopped Africa. I mean, I don't want to get into, like, sort of conspiracy theory, but, I mean, it's just a proven fact that the CIA was involved in taking down Mm. Ghana's first president, Kwame Nkrumah. And this guy was thinking about making Africa huge. He was thinking about having one currency for the whole continent, having a highway go through multiple countries, having dams built so we don't have to use energy and we don't have to have power outs. And he was in agreement with, you know, the president of Egypt, Uh, all these presidents Mm -hmm. and surprise surprise they all got assassinated Wow! in you know doing these planning so of course people are people know the value of africa Mm -hmm. it's the value of africa has been there since colonization started since people decided to get on ships so africans know we have resources and other people know we have resources we i'm not going to say lazy but we just don't have long-term vision to Mm -hmm. see the value of our resources Mm
0: mm-hmm i do agree with the short-term vision because i feel like a lot of africans wanted to get out of africa because of poverty corruption and all the other things and so they took their children to like britain uk london you know see how london yeah. gal uh <laughs> to america and um that we prosper in places like in in over here babatunde doctor doctor nigerians all these actresses yeah. and actors they're all like african but then my thing is like Are we bringing this back to our country? Because like you could prosper in America, of course, because the resources are there. But as an African coming from the diaspora, whether you're Caribbean, Jamaican, African, Nigerian, South Sudanese, are you going to go back and invest that back into Africa? Because that's where we came from.
1: You see, the thing with stuff like that, I understand why people don't invest in Africa. Mm. Because it just seems so much like where do you even start? Mm. You know, where do you go? There's so many problems to fix. And even that, like another thing with our people is like, we never feel like it's enough. You know, you give somebody 200 bucks and they see you making 2 million, they're gonna be like, oh, only 200 (laughs) bucks? Bro, it's free 200 bucks. Yeah. So, I mean, Africans, we just feel like, you know, it's never enough. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you are right. People should start going back and invest. The amount of kids, like, if you think about it, our generation, we are one of the first few generations where, we basically we are american mm. we grew up we have every the, all the advantages of american so basically as 20 30 years down the line all all of all of us should be going back to africa and investing and making africa look like how america is looking right now
0: mm-hmm. i think that's very very true you said something like where do we even start i know because i think uh, there's a lot of things that play into it i think the corruption it's almost like when you build something it just goes into sinking sand so it's mm-hmm. like how do you even build on something that's not firm i think it comes with changing our mindset because our mentality as africans is we're never content um we're always probably looking at our neighbor and seeing that the grass is greener on the other side this is why africans are like this and like i've heard it so many times from Ghanaians, ghanians will never prosper because this is this, this about the yeah. politics and it's like yeah but then what are you gonna do to change about it so like even in kenya there's this um company called genji makers or something like that Mm -hmm. and they are they take plastic bottles and then they mix it with um sand and then they make cement blocks and so they put it back into their country because they're getting a lot of plastic trash so they they take it they make like infrastructure um what do you call it pavement or something like that and they're building their economy based off of the trash that they're getting and i'm like that mentality Is so amazing because you're taking trash and you're making something Mm -hmm. with it. So I feel like if we were to contribute something like that to like Africa, even this, this is like environmental issues. If we're to take that same mentality of taking trash and making something out of it, then Africa would be like Wakanda by this time.
1: Of course. But I mean, it's it's hard because even the corruption thing. Right. Like, let's say you get you get put on as a senator right now. Mm -hmm. You go in there, you try to change stuff. Everybody, what is everybody going to tell you? Hey man, shut the fuck up and take your 200,000 mm-hmm. and be quiet cuz that's what that's you true. And if you don't do that, you're just going to get kicked out. Mm-hmm. And even if you say I'm trying to get rid of the corruption, how long do you have until they get rid of you? So, I mean, it's it's just hard. And when you're in that mentality of being down and being broke like you're not thinking about you're not thinking about long-term things. You're just thinking, "Hey man, let me get my 20 bucks today." And let me feed myself and Mm -hmm. be straight. So it's hard to look at the foresight, you know, try to think of ideas like making plastic and sand Mm -hmm. and making it into pavement and all that stuff.
0: So then do you feel like it's a facade to be here in America and and like being an African in America and like tasting all of what American has to offer? But knowing this is happening in the country, Mm -hmm. like how does that make you feel?
1: I remember the first time I landed in America and I went, damn. (laughs) <laughs> and i and i was honestly like mind blown and blindsided by just like this is possible mm-hmm. like growing up in africa like you kind of you know what america is but you don't physically you know you don't really see it mm-hmm. so when i came to america i'm just like geez this is possible and i'm always curious how does america maintain mm-hmm. and how does america be great at, at least to me that's what i always that's what i took from it mm mm-hmm.
0: I don't know, because I'm thinking like how here in uh, America we're showing all this African pride yeah. and we're like so proud of ourselves, but then it's like I, I almost see it as a facade. Like We're doing amazing things because you have to get out of the di- diaspora yeah. in order to put back into it, but then it's like if we're here and we're embracing all this African cu- yeah. culture and beauty, but then there's still corruption, Like it, it's almost like a disconnect. We're just kind of taking the pretty parts and leaving the, the what's going on behind us yeah. behind us.
1: I mean, of course. And that's just... <laughs> I mean, but that just comes with people. I mean, um, people people are always gonna be like that, you know. Like, you, oh, you know, like you get on Twitter, somebody's mad at you for something you said, mm-hmm. or like, oh, you didn't use the, you know, right pronoun or anything. Not mm-hmm. to get into it, but man, there's serious problems out there. But those problems require serious efforts yeah. and hard effort. So people don't want to be serious about things. People don't want to really work hard towards the problem. They just kind of, like you said, they want the pretty side. Little hashtag here, little hashtag
0: Okay. No, that's serious. Yeah. So then what efforts do you feel like? I mean, if you are making any efforts to put back into Africa.
1: To me, my efforts are all about me. Because Mm -hmm. being African means that if I'm successful, the people around me are successful. Mm -hmm. And the people around me are also African. So I'm making African people successful. The thing with me, just like I said, it's it's too big of a problem to start with you know, at the top. You got to start with yourself. Let's just say hypothetically, all the African kids that live in Lawrenceville right now, if we all make- We're, five, we're, in, we're in Atlanta. All the African <laughs> kids that live in Atlanta right yeah. now, if we all were to make 500,000 uh, 500, a year, mm-hmm. that would help tremendously because at least everybody would be sending some type of money back home Mm -hmm. everybody would have at least some type of cousin or you know family member they would try to help also get here so honestly making yourself successful is making africa successful
0: Mm -hmm. i think i like that because it dismantles this idea that in order to contribute to a problem we have to go to the source like directly instead of starting with ourselves um because i think oftentimes whenever i'm excelling it's not that i get attacked it's that things around me get attacked and so now i go back and i'm trying to fix that not realizing that by me pushing forward and like still recognizing that there's a problem over here but not like exerting all yeah. of my energy here i'm still able to bring myself out of that so like the way i mentally think about that is like sometimes i feel like i'm bringing my family out of something mm-hmm. so I, I think of myself climbing a mountain and like I'm, we all climb in a mountain yeah. but sometimes I think I see a rock stumbling towards them. And so I go, I pick them all on my back, and now I can barely even climb this mountain. Exactly. And so I, I've had my friends try to encourage me, like, put your family back down. Let them, you know what I'm saying, go through the struggles, but climb this mountain because when you get to the top, you can have your bullhorn and say, get through this, and this is how you do it. Exactly. So I just, I just feel guilty sometimes knowing that, like, I have to put them aside and then yeah. push forward in order for the greater good of all of us.
1: Yeah, and I, I love that analogy. And just like you said, because, like, if you climb the mountain top, you can easily tell. Uh, step on that side. Step on this side. This one. There's a little fall right there. It looks safe over here, but trust me, it's not. I mm-hmm. was there. So exactly, that's a great point.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I think that's that. That's that's really good. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, you mentioned you came to America at what age? Uh,
1: around seven, eight. Around yeah. seven, eight.
0: Okay. So whenever you came, I mean, obviously you've been here for like so many years yeah. now. What do you feel like you've lost about your culture?
1: Uh, I mean the language is one N- language in terms of my dialect how I speak you know even my enzima is not as sharp as it was back then then uh just I mean you know what they say when you're in Rome do as the Romans mm-hmm. so when you're in America you start doing as the Americans you know there are certain things you might do like uh talking talking how Americans talk thinking how Americans think about certain things you know and I always say like Americans they have like big dick energy. They got big ball energy. Mm. Like they you know like nobody can touch America and they know it. Yeah. And like when you it gives you that confidence being an American citizen. Mm. Like no respect to any other country. American citizenship is the number 1. No argument. Hey, why? Because America gives you every opportunity that you can think of no other country. How many YouTubers do you know are making it in different countries?
0: Hey, I'm in Dubai. Like they're in
1: Dubai. They're in all these places. No, 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 But I'm saying, like, how many of them are making it without money? How many YouTubers do you know are starting off their are starting off the YouTube and they blow up in Dubai? Or I mean, I'm not saying they aren't because mm-hmm. they probably are. I mean, there's a whole bunch of YouTubers in right. the UK and all that stuff but just america gives you so um so many opportunities mm-hmm. like i was watching america's got talent the other day <laughs> like come on like what country gives you that
0: i do love america's got talent i don't know if i can fully agree with you just because i don't know there's this mm-hmm. like anti-nationality that like happens in america where yeah. when you're in america you're like bro, it's not that great but i think because you kind of tasted the contrast you're able to say so oh, because yeah. you've tasted gunian citizenship and then coming to america yeah. and seeing the difference so I, I I feel like it's it's very valid for you to say in, that.
1: You know what I like about America? You eat what you kill over here, mm. and like I, I have cousins that live in Europe and family that lives in Europe, and they always complain about like it seems like there's a cap off. Like you can't move classes in Europe. Mm. It's like wherever you start off with, or wherever you kind of get at, that's where you're at. If you mm. were kind of middle class, maybe you can kind of move yourself upper class, middle upper class. If you're in lower class, you're in lower class. Maybe in America, broken tyler perry was homeless okay he has his own studio right now he's yeah. becoming a billionaire so
0: that is so true i can say that for the people the self-made millionaires here they always started off as something, like steve harvey oprah they all started with nothing and exactly. now they're all here doing yeah. okay hmm. you know what? See, i think you are opening my mind a little bit because you know, this this mentality of like America's not that great. That that's kind of like my mentality sometimes, mm-hmm. but cuz I've been here for so long. Yeah. But whenever I'm able to like look at different countries and like see how things are over there, yeah. I think I can taste the difference, which is why I'm so bad. like I'm like I'm trying to get out of America like I want to I want to go to London of course because you know that's where <laughs> I'm from. And I'll, I I want to try places in Africa and Europe and, and Asia mm-hmm. because I know the culture is different and it produces certain people. So I want to see what are you what in your culture? is making you like this. Like yeah. why does everybody know Asians to be the smartest like group of people? Why are they coined with like tiger moms and mm. like they when you go to spelling bees it's either Indians that win or it's Asians. Yeah. So I want to see what is in your curriculum that allows you to be great. Yeah. You know? I mean,
1: I'm not going to speak for Asians. Obviously, mm. I'm not Asian. But <laughs> I I can say just from the little of Asian culture I know and Japanese culture I know like Japanese, I'll say specifically Japanese people they they grew up in discipline. Japanese people grew up in as samurai. Mm. And growing up like that, you grow up like very disciplined and very gory oriented and there's not a lot of distractions. Like for example, like when uh you're taking the SATs in uh Japan, there's no plane flights. Yeah, isn't it? No plane flights. No planes in the sky. You know why? Uh oh. no distractions. Wow. They they don't want any cars driving near the buildings, no planes flying across that building because that's how serious they are about the education over there. So, I mean, just things like that take you to the next level. Of Mm -hmm. course, you're going to have that 4.0. Oh,
0: of course. I think one thing I do like about, like, African culture when it comes to, like, education is that we are a little bit more disciplined than I think I've seen in America. Um, Of course, I'd put Asian and Indian at the top, but I can see that some Africans' parents are really, like, on it about education, like up until I mean even till now, I was gonna say up until college. Like conversations with my dad are primarily about education. How are your grades? Who are your friends? Are you better than them? Are your grades higher than them? and It is like they like my emotions, my feelings. No, it's about education. Mm-hmm. And so I do understand that. Like I think Africans understand that education is like really really important, mm-hmm. and academics is really what helps you in this country. So like with the mentality you kill what you eat, I think they force us to kill a lot mm-hmm. because then you have more to eat yeah
1: tell. of course and i mean for africans education is your way out you know we don't have podcasting back home and if you, even if you do like it's not popular it's not gonna you know grow grow up like it mm-hmm. is gonna hear so i mean education is our way is our way out so you harp on it i mean you look at every third world country they focus on education because that's, that's mainly all they have
0: that's true mm. Mm. that's true
1: yeah I mean, there's there's not a lot of other outlets, you know. Maybe an athlete, a little rapper, a little musician here. That's about it.
0: I'm so glad you say rapper because, okay, so we're in Georgia. Sorry, we're in Atlanta, and in Atlanta, every single person wants to be a rapper. Now, (laughs) with that mentality, right? So we're coming from African parents coming to America, and they know that education is the only way. But then you come to America where you can literally, like, get rich off of anything. Yeah, some people yeah. music, some people education. Mm-hmm. So with this mentality that, like, everybody want to be a rapper, like, <laughs> I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: I'm not going to judge. I want to be a podcaster. So, I mean, there like, my thing is always, like, I love seeing entrepreneurs, and I love seeing, you know, people self-grow and self-make their own stuff. Mm-hmm. But my thing with rapping is just, like, it's fragile you know it doesn't honestly it doesn't matter how good of a rapper you are it matters who you know and you know when you hit and the right time because there's plenty of people that can rap but we only know a select few of people you know up there so my thing with rapping is just if you're if you're gonna be a rapper make sure that you have the passion for it like that's what exactly what you want to do and nothing else and make sure that you can have an outcome of monies of someone whether you're going to be producing featuring There's lots of ways to get money in the music industry. So just know that find your way and find how you're going to make it.
0: Mm -hmm. I think I like the fact that you said, like diversify yourself in the music industry. You could be a producer, you could be a technician, but it doesn't necessarily have to be on the mic. And one thing that I always encourage people is do what you're called to do. Like, Find your purpose. I know that everybody in Georgia, your purpose is not to be a rapper. Like sometimes, if if you have to chase the beats, oh please, you're not meant to be a rapper. And I, there's moments where I've heard people, and I'm like, I would buy your music. Like, mm-hmm. like it depends. You just have to make the music sound good. If I could tell that you and music are married, okay. Yeah. Now, if you're the one you got chasing, and struggling. You could do music, find something else though, you know? And so I agree. I feel like America is a place where you can literally do anything and you can make it. Like podcasting, I really do feel called to this. And I feel like one day I'm going to look back at these videos and be like, wow, I was in this room with like my mom's clothes in the back. And I don't know. I feel I'm, I'm so passionate about just doing what you're called to do.
1: Yeah. And I mean, honestly, like I always say like one thing I would love to have in life is to know what my passion is. Because it's rare to really find your passion and to be honestly, like, knowing that this is my passion. So if you are a rapper and you feel like that's your passion, then just follow it. But at the same time, like, to me, I don't stress about it because the industry and people tell you how good of a rapper you are. You know, when it comes to entertainment, people are going to decide whether you're an entertainer or not, especially Mm -hmm. if you're a paid one. So you can be a rapper all you want, but there's going to be a time when the bills are due. So
0: sheesh okay come through with the hard stuff okay so in america you said that it's easy to go from nothing to something mm-hmm. and so how do you like with your radio this and wanting to be a podcast yeah. how, how are you trying to combine the two
1: well i mean radiation technician is a job to you know for my financial means because just like you want to be a rapper just like you know anything in entertainment it takes time it takes growth you know you're not gonna There's very few people that start off and blow up and you're making money from it. And even people that do start off and blow up and sometimes not making money. So this is my, the radiation technician is basically my money line. then over time, I hope to, you know, have more money and have more access and grow my podcast. And, you know, it will be something where I can actually get revenue and get paid from it.
0: Mm hmm. So you feel like well not you feel like so you pretty much have like a career where you want to have sustainable income and then you have your passion where it will also bring income from that too right yeah
1: because honestly a lot of times passions don't pay i don't know a lot of people that have you know a lot of passions and it's just like doctor i mean there's doctors that are passionate about their jobs you know but a lot of time you're passionate about like things that are entrepreneurial or you Mm -hmm. know you know starting your own business singing writing podcasting making movies becoming an actor and those mm-hmm. things take time and you need money i mean that's true
0: yeah i i like the fact that you're saying that because i feel like my mom and my family has like defied the odds because she she always wanted to be a hairdresser and then um she became one and so we have our own salon and stuff like that mm-hmm. so before my eyes i can always see passion and payment together like and that's why i enjoy braiding hair too all the time because not only am i doing somebody's hair and getting money but it's the art it's exactly. like somebody's coming to me and they're like girl i got you you gotta you gotta do this mm-hmm. and when i'm done they're like ah! so to see the 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 transition from like girl get me fixed up to wow i'm ready to go outside and be outside i feel like that's my passion to see people happy and then i'm also having conversations while i'm also doing the hair yeah. plus it pays the bill and yeah. so i'm such an advocate for like I'm an advocate for passion paying the bills. Mm-hmm. However, I know that that's not the case. Yeah. It's not realistic in many cases. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you know what they say when you're doing something you love, it's not work. So, I mean, you just got to find something you love, then try to find the like I would say don't don't look at the money. If you if you're really striving like um I'm trying to think Joe Rogan. He's like, he's a huge number one podcaster, okay, huge comedian. And like, I've listened to his podcast for so long and uh, I went back and listened to like his first episode of his podcast. It's just a webcam and him and his friend and they can't even figure the thing out. (laughs) yeah. But I mean, this guy now it's a trendsetter. He's a culture setter. Like during COVID, like people were looking at him for COVID medication and how to deal Mm. with it. So I mean, and he always talks about like, man, like I didn't even start a podcast for anything. I just wanted to have fun with my friends and talk. And now makes like what ten, sixty million an episode. Uh huh. He makes crazy money. Joe Joe Rogan. He signed like um, I'm not mistaken, like almost two hundred, three hundred million dollar deal with Spotify. Hey. Hey. yeah
0: spotify Sp- Sp- sponsor me i need cameras <laughs> i'm just using my phone <laughs> yeah
1: so i mean and he like you can if you ever listen to him like you can generally tell like the guy is not necessarily looking for money like everything yeah. he does he's doing for fun like um he's a commentator for the ufc mm. and he started it like when the ufc was nothing like mm-hmm. he said he had to take like little airplanes to nashville and it was like some dingy bar in the bag, and he wasn't gonna pay anything. He wow. would pay to go there. And now the UFC is number one. Wow. Everybody watches the UFC. It's so on ESPN. It's the best fighting. Arguably, it's taken over boxing.
0: Right. I think it's so important to, like, when it comes to passion, not doing it for the fame and exactly. for the money, because, like, I feel like whenever people are motivated by the money and motivated by the fame, it kind of, your intent, changes what exactly that you want to do so if you're just you know doing what you're doing just to become rich and famous then it kind of defeats the purpose of putting the passion into something so for example if i was only braiding hair just for the money then i feel like regardless of how your hair looks i'm getting the money and i'm leaving Mm -hmm. but because i care about what people think about their hair that's my my main focus so there have been times where like people walk out i'm like hey did they pay me (laughs) let me go get the money you know so yeah i just feel like your passion should be driven by like your interests your heart and actually wanting to Mm -hmm. do something and then the accolades will come later like they will come
1: yeah and to your point about the fame and the money when you're doing it for the fame and the money there's always a cap off (laughs) you there's there's always a level of fame you're gonna get to and there's always a level of money you're gonna get to and i mean you might and when you do get to that you see some people like they get to that level of fame you see them fall off because now there's no more drive there's no more motivation because they've lost the passion because all they were thinking about was let me just get famous or some people that gets the money and they're not as innovative they're not as hungry as they used to be because all they were thinking about was the first million
0: okay someone oh, i'd be having these conversations it's like is it do you go for is it passion or money or success and happiness okay they were talking about success or happiness should you chase success is it money one of the two mm-hmm. but I asked them, why did a millionaire like Robin Williamson kill kill himself? Why did Twitch kill himself? Mm -hmm. They had the money. They had the resources to fix their problems. However, just the money is not enough. Mm -hmm. If you don't have an internal security and, like, even a spiritual connection to God, all that is is just waste. And, I mean, the Bible just mentions that silver and gold, like, all that stuff, like, you can't die with it. When you die with it, where, like, is this going to be in the grave? So, I don't know. When it comes to things like that, I'm just so passionate about, like, have it, let it secure your soul, let it fulfill you, because the accolades and the money, those will be there, but that's not what it is, if that makes sense. Yeah.
1: And to kind of play devil's advocate, sometimes, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing to be driven by money and fame, because, you know, some people that you just need a drive, like as a person, you got to have a drive. So if it's the money pushing you, just make it i guess refigure in terms of thinking about how is this money gonna help everybody around me or if you're just that type of person selfish or something just be like what's the most money i can get what's Mm. the most money i can keep on getting and keep on getting and keep on getting because i mean Mm. honestly money is everything to some people and Mm. I, i understand money rules the world so i get it
0: so with that being said so you know the the verse uh The love of money is the root of all evil it's not necessarily Mm -hmm. money but the love of money is the root of all evil if money is your drive and money is your motivation and you Mm -hmm. have this desire and like deep wanting for money how could something not go in an evil direction or how could your intentions not be pure Mm -hmm. no how can your intentions be pure if money is your like desire or motivation
1: because money just like anything physical It depends in whose hands it is. A Mm. gun is not dangerous. It's who's holding the gun. Yeah. So, money's not dangerous. It's who, to me, money's not dangerous. It's who's holding the money. Right. And usually, people that are driven by money, they're trying to either get themselves out of a situation or get loved ones out of the situation. And I mean, of course, you know, there's evil things that come with money. But, you know, it's just who's ever holding it and how you're thinking about it. Like, drugs don't drugs are drugs there's no good drugs there's no bad drugs any any bad drug you're thinking of you can find it in a medication you take Mm. but it's just how it's being used and how p how much of it you're consuming and money's the same way
0: Mm. i think i like what you mentioned with the example of like let's say someone their motivation is money to get this some money out of something i think the true heart intent the true motivation in a situation like that is rather wanting to get someone out of the situation and realizing that money is the answer, but it's not necessarily the love of money that keeps them pushing because if they just love the money, they would just love the money, but because they love somebody else and they're trying to save them from a situation, that's where the money comes in. And so I always love to have this conversation about like, is money the root of all evil is the love of money, the root of all evil, because Mm -hmm. you know, we get to see where money plays a part. It's Mm -hmm. not dangerous until you know, it becomes,
1: you know. Yeah, and I don't even think it's money. I think it's the problems that come with money. You know, the thing Hey, that, more money, more problems. Yeah, more money, more problems. I mean, right now, if you got just 10 million sitting there doing nothing with it, you know, nothing is, no evil is coming towards you. You know, it's when you got 10 million and, you know, you got the private jet, you got the car, you know, you got the partying, you got the family, you got everybody in the year. You know, the more money you have, the more people come closer to you. And that's just how it goes.
0: Mm, This life, that's honestly how it works. Mm -hmm. So tying this back into Africa, Mm -hmm. Africa has a lot of, I want to say Africa has a lot of money and it also has a lot of resources. Why are we still in the same situation that we're in?
1: Because we're not using our resources and our money, right? Just like if we go back to the previous conversations, it determines whose hands it is. Africa has been there before let's say, America. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Not And no disrespect to Native Americans, but the America we know. Africa was there before. Mm-hmm. So if you're getting a head start as a whole continent, how are you still lacking behind East. America? It's the way America has done it. America has chosen to be smart about it, use your resources, have the right allies, and use the right amount of resources. You never see anything really coming out of America, but everybody's always bringing something into America because mm-hmm. they, they know how to work with your allies and your resources without using all your money and -hmm. without using you know all the things they need to use Mm. in africa we don't we don't do that we don't know how to dig up our own gold we don't know how to dig up our own diamonds we don't know how to make diamond rings diamond necklaces Mm. we just outsource it to china to america and they come and take up all the resources
0: Mm. this is interesting so i'm a business major and so whenever i look into things like this I try to look for the the transactional yeah. aspect. When I did the research on my paper, I realized that the the narrative of transactions between Africa and other countries is that well, the 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 now with like the younger mm-hmm. people, they believe like okay, Europeans came to America, took Africans, brought them back to America and then slavery and all that stuff and stuff. So people could easily try to dismantle the argument you just said by saying that what well, the foundation we have in America is because mm-hmm. of the slaves in Africa. But I do wanna challenge some people to understand that it wasn't that blatant mm-hmm. back in the day, just as it's not as blatant now. Yeah. Um, because Europe came to, let's say, for example, Ghana, and they said, okay, well, you guys are drinking water from rivers and stuff like that. We can literally outsource water from here, here, here. We'll give you pipes, yeah. but you can exchange it for gold. Yeah. Now, if there's so much abundance of gold in Ghana, there's not much value. Like We put it in our jewelry, mm-hmm. we put it in so many things, but it's like, yeah, I-, I can spare some gold. Okay, and y'all gonna give us sustainable water. And so yeah. now Europe takes our gold. They mm-hmm. give us pipelines. They make something out of that gold, but then they also sell it back to us. And we're mm-hmm. like, oh, I didn't know you could do this with gold. Okay, keep taking more and yeah. we'll buy it back. And so we're getting these things from Europe and it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a transaction. We're getting things from them. They're also getting things from us. But then I think where we go wrong is that because they have the skill, they take the natural resources, they refine it and then they sell it back to us. When we can learn the skill, and then just do that and produce it. So mm-hmm. okay, so you're saying
1: something? No, I mean you're you're on point. And to the previous statement about uh you can argue that Africans or, you know, the African Americans made America. They did. When you have free labor to make a whole country, you're you're gonna get pretty far ahead. Mm-hmm. And I mean and not to be uh harsh about it, but it is just it's just fact. They use slavery in a smart way. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of countries that have had slavery and not have been to the standard of what America is, right, so they if slavery was a resource, just like it is to every other country out there, to every other african Asian slavery's a resource, and they use the resource well, we can't be mad at it, so should Africa have slavery no no, i mean the the thing with Africa right is that we've been, we've had so many setbacks because of europea because because of Europeans coming and taking so many things like. For example, like uh, King Leopold with rubber. Mm-hmm. He basically destroyed the Congo uh, the Congo, and Cote d'Ivoire by stealing rubber and by killing people just for rubber. But rubber makes so many things and rubber makes tires. Mm-hmm. Just imagine if Cote d'Ivoire or the Congo had rubber mm-hmm. and they were exclusively selling it. It would be a game changer for Africa. But we don't because the Europeans came in and took it.
0: What do you mean by stealing? Would you would you say it was transactional, or was it was just like, yeah, I'm gonna take this?
1: No, no, no. He came, and over time, he just slowly creeped his soldiers into the country, and just with fear and brutality, mm-hmm. he just killed. Like for example, if they caught you stealing back then, they would cut off your Achilles heel, so you can't run anymore. Hey. Yeah. I feel but, it. But the people at the same time, the people, the people higher up were accepting. The brutality he was doing because they were feeding off of the money he was mm-hmm. making. So,
0: yeah, this thing is deep. Yeah. So I don't know transactions. I see, I see it happening every day, mm-hmm. no matter what. Like I've, I've haven't been to Ghana since I left, but I know that. Everyone that goes to Ghana, they tell me like the Chinese are taking over. And yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, because they're, they're smart because they're doing business. Yeah. And one thing Africa is, is not going to do is say no to business. Yeah. But then it's like you have to realize there's the assimilation and there's the acculturation of culture. Mm-hmm. So like sometimes on WhatsApp, my parents will get these videos of like, like a whole Asian choir singing songs yeah. in tree. And we're like, wow, that's amazing. And it's I mean, it's really impressive. Yeah, it but then it's like what part of our culture are we also losing in this transaction that we have with these asian countries mm-hmm. like they have this um they have this machine that makes fufu for you. you just put it in and it pounds yeah. it and it is fufu comes out yeah. but you know there's the african mentality of like no this is the way we pound fufu yeah. i'm going to put my blood sweat tears mm-hmm. into making it so it's like do you go with innovation in the sense of like okay they're bringing a machine we get to lose the culture of the way we pound it and put our strength in it yeah. and do like and get convenience or are we going to stick to what we know so that we can maintain our culture
1: i mean to me culture culture is not really something that is set in stone culture mm. can be changed you know like for example uh, to go back to japan there was a point in japan where they had to because japan was a very isolated country all by itself They had to discuss whether we're going into the new world, we're going into ships, you know, businesses, everybody's putting on a suit, or we sticking with our samurai culture. Mm. And if they had, Japan would have been trash today because Japan is the technology capital of the world now. Because they, at some point they decided to completely change up their culture and completely bring in technology and completely innovate. So, I mean, with Africa and the Chinese, I mean, at some point, we might not be doing the same African things, you know. You might not see somebody <laughs> stomping or, you know, yeah. climbing up to get that coconut. It yeah. might be a machine doing it. But if that's what it takes for our people to be in a better place, I'm okay with that.
0: Mm, I think it makes me scared. Like, it's just like, how much do you have to sacrifice in order for there to be improvement in evolution? Because evolution, you need it. Like, there's no way we can still do the same thing that we've been doing 100 years back but then it's just like how much of your culture are you willing to maintain and to, to lose at the same time? You know?
1: To me, I think at some point, I don't know how long, but the world will get to a point where everybody is kind of not the same culture, but kind of the same. We, we <laughs> all... Melting pots and... Yeah, we're all just going to be a huge melting pot at some point. I feel like it's just inevitable with the amount of technology and the um, and the amount of things that happen. I mean it's gonna happen like the greatest empire the uh genghis khan empire Mm -hmm. the empire was destroyed not from battle or anything from assimilation from basically the khans were going into turkey and china and having kids and they just lost their culture wow they the empire fell apart because they decided to assimilate and Mm -hmm. get into different cultures
0: interesting I find that very interesting. It makes me think of jollof sushi. Have you ever heard of it?
1: <laughs> no, I've never heard of it.
0: <laughs> so it's it's sushi, but with jollof, yeah. and I think instead of like the other stuff they put in it, you can put like cocoa and like mm-hmm. meat and stuff like that. And it's like that's an assimilation of two different cultures. That's you know Asian culture with the sushis, but then yeah. that's African food with the mm-hmm. jollof rice and stuff like that. So I don't know. I think it's exciting yet scary at the same time to think that cultures are emerging. I mean, we have like we have mixed people. We mm-hmm. have people who are like half African, half Nigerian. Yeah. Half Ghanaian, half Nigerian. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think it's a beautiful thing because we find a way to mix, take the best and the worst of different cultures and bring them together mm-hmm. in the sense of black and white people, of course, they try to keep them separate for as long as they could. Yeah. Um, but there are so many great things about the black man. We strive. We fight. We're going to keep going. It, we have this it is what it is mentality. So we don't necessarily yeah. complain. We just kind of deal with it. Yeah. And then you have white people. The white man who has that power and has that authority. And they're respected in this country. Yeah. So when you bring a black person and a white person together, you're mm-hmm. bound to go further than just two black people or even maybe just two white people. Like, it may not show up how you think it is, but you get to think very, like, I think more vaster and more whiter than two of the same type of people. Yeah,
1: and I mean, some things things are going to remain the same. Just like you said, black and white, no matter how far we get along in this earth, black and white is going to be black and white. Black people are always going to be, not black people, but Mm -hmm. we're always going to have our black culture, and white people are always going to have their white culture. You know, like, at the end, they... white kids they're gonna do some things black kids just will never do yeah (laughs) and i mean it doesn't matter where you're from yeah you know it's just it's just gonna happen there's things asian kids do that white or black kids will never do so
0: that's true you feel like you're adopting something that you're like my Gunyans would not approve of this
1: um i i honestly like to me when it comes to my culture my culture is is in my culture Mm -hmm. and to me, my culture is keeping up with the Izuma tradition. So mm-hmm. as long as I'm doing that, uh, it doesn't really matter what other Ghanaians think of me. And on top of that, like people change, people evolve. I'm, I'm not living in Izuma anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, I come from a village of less than 500 people. Wow, There's a different way you act and you grow up when you come from that village mm-hmm. instead of, you know, growing up in Atlanta.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, that's really good.
1: What, what about you?
0: what was the
1: question uh what is it well what about your culture or do you feel like Ghanaians would be disappointed in or get lost in
0: i don't know i feel like i don't know i feel like there's certain things that i just choose to do in silence yeah. because i know how africans react so like when i when i dropped this podcast mm-hmm. they were like i didn't really broadcast it too much yeah. just because i know i knew the niche that i wanted to reach And I knew that if it got into the hands of some African aunties who probably disagreed with what I said, you know, and I I, because I value like what elders say, I don't want it to get back to me to the point where it's just like, well, can't talk about African parents anymore. They're offended. Let me shut down this podcast. Mm -hmm. But then I realized that a lot of African children are coming to me and they're just like, "Bruh, my mom does the same thing and we can relate on that and we can we can grow further because we have the same experiences but if i were to only focus on the fact that Ghanians are going to gossip about my podcast they're going to say whatever they want they're going to tell me tell my mom to tell me to shut it down yeah then i might as well just not tell you you're gonna figure out about it one day
1: yeah and i and i mean like you you know you change and you learn as you you know things around you like when i was a kid Everything that had to do with drugs were bad to me. Everybody that did drugs were bad to mm-hmm. me. But then I came to America and there's people around me that smoke and drink and yeah. do things worse than smoking and drinking. Mm-hmm. But I see them and they're good people. Mm-hmm. They they just might happen to be a weed smoker or an alcohol or, you know, you know, they just might just happen to have doing drugs. Mm-hmm. But I've, I've changed my mentality in terms of that then. Some people do drugs. They're still good people. Drugs don't define the type of person you are.
0: I think that that even introduces like a whole different topic of like how Africans see certain things. Like if you if you have locks, all of a sudden you're a vagabond and you smoke weed and you're like somebody out in the streets. Mm -hmm. And so I think sometimes whenever we are being raised here and like our mind is changing we have to not necessarily, like, go back to what we thought something was because then you would never prosper. Like, yeah. you got Burner Boy out here with locks. Like, exactly. that's amazing. Mm-hmm. You have, like, people out here changing the way we do things. I think um, Wendy... Isn't this not Wendy Shea? Is this one African artist singer that died? Yeah. Do you know her? Um, Ebony? I think it was Ebony. Yeah. She had locks, too. And I'm telling you, since then, I've never seen so many African girls with locks as well. Yeah. Like, so, I think, like you said... Tr- culture i want to say it's fluid but it's changing Mm -hmm. and i think that it's important for us to evolve with culture and determine for ourselves what part of this do i want to keep what part do i want to like you know sacrifice for the greater good if i'm going to be a gunyan that makes it i'm gonna make it but i'm gonna do away with the gossiping because i know that that that's part of my culture but i'm not gonna you know tune into that so Mm -hmm.
1: and uh some things just come with the territory or just the environment of where you are you know where you're raised Like, I I think to me, gossiping as Ghanians come because we're so a tight-knit community. You know, everybody kind of knows each other. So Mm -hmm. you're kind of just like your friends. You're going to kind of talk to talk about each other, you know, just accidentally. It's just part of it. Like, I mean, and I'm pretty sure gossiping is part of every culture. We just might be a little above. (laughs) We just might be, yeah. yeah. we just might be a little above some others. But, (laughs) yeah. Okay. mm -hmm. That's valid. I mean... And so like I said some things would just never change. Like for example, funerals where Ghanaians are not gonna change. You know Ghana's the funeral capital of the world? Shut up. Yeah, for real. What about it? We we have the most funerals in the world. Hey, go for a bit. <laughs> I, I might be wrong about that, Please. but I I remember watching a video and it was it was saying that Ghana's the funeral capital. Cuz you know how we have the crazy uh coffins and all that. Yeah. And that's what the video was talking about. And the video was just talking about how they make those coffins? And it was saying Ghana was the funeral capital of the world.
0: So are you saying like more people die in Ghana, or like no, no, we... no,
1: just we just have the oh, most funerals. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> I, I rebuked that in the name of Jesus, but no, 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 I think we are very extravagant with the way we do funerals. have mm-hmm. like the dancers and the caskets. yeah, and the
1: dancers, all the all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, and we're not gonna change that. And I don't want us to change that. I don't want to go to a wife funeral. No offense <laughs> to white people. It's boring and sad. Everybody's grumpy. Everybody's resentful. In Ghanaian if you know, it's happy, smiles. You know, everybody's loving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Okay, that's pretty valid. Okay. Well, do you have any last words?
1: Uh, no. I mean, I would just honestly say, like, uh, stick with your stick with your culture, and you know, try to develop your culture. Don't be embarrassed of it. And there's just some things of your culture that, just like you said, you might have to adapt. You know, life is adaptable, so it can be your culture. So yeah.
0: Okay, and I would also probably even wrap up by saying like being African, there's so many good things. And then there's also quite a few things that we want to change. But nonetheless, that doesn't take away the love that we have for Africa. And so like if you are African or if you are even like mixed with African, learn about your culture. But also don't be afraid to learn about other cultures as well, because if you stick to only your culture, you will only go so far. And so move with the world, move with the globalization, get into technology, get into podcasting, whatever it is. Don't let the people from your country stop you from achieving your dream because then at this point, just go back to Africa and do what they're doing. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? For real, you're so, right. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. Um, I hope you've learned something. I hope you walked away encouraged. Let me know what you're thinking in the comments. And yeah. So this is Sab. Thank you. Uh, okay. So th- wait. wait. <laughs> okay. So this is the outro. I said my name. You say my name. Okay, I say my outro. You say outro. So this is Sab.
1: This is Charles. And we're out. Peace. We're out.
0: I <laughs>